big decisions, paths followed, choices made. This is Connections, conversations about life and work. I'm your host, Jim Allen. Running an organization during a pandemic, not easy for anyone, especially if you're trying to run a summer camp. Linda Tilly is the executive director of Moreland's Kids, which these days does a lot of things, including run a summer camp. So welcome, Linda. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Um, how would you describe Moreland's Kids to people who, who don't know what you do? Well, we, uh, we've got some good visuals on that, but just to say it verbally, um, we reach out to young people in the city who have economic challenges and barriers to give them opportunities to do after-school programs and summer camp programs, uh, all based on leadership, hopefully to strengthen their core and help them to be more well-rounded citizens in the end. Mm-hmm. So March 2020, mm-hmm. uh, everything shut down. Tell yeah. me what that was like, March 2020. Uh, it was really interesting because I got a phone call from somebody that said the schools are closed. We had programs in the schools, and I phoned the city programs manager, and she said, I don't think the school knows that. And they hadn't even got it yet. And uh, they were closing for a couple of weeks to hopefully stave off any of the problems that COVID could bring for people coming back from March break. So everyone thought it was for two weeks. And of course, as we know, that was a much different journey. But we just met together. And, you know, one of the things that is a strength of Moreland's kids is community, is our community. And that is what I've tried to build at Moreland's. It probably comes from camp life as well, but that's what you need. You, you can never do this job on your own. So our, you know, our staff team, that was one community, and our kids, they needed this. And all of a sudden, everything was pulled out from them. So we met together and decided we need to do something. What can we do? And by March 30th, so two weeks later, we had programs online where we would do after school and parents relied on us for a safe place for their kids to go. We couldn't provide that anymore because we couldn't be in the schools and neither could they. So we came into their homes, which was very different. And we started doing our after school programs every day for them. Virtually till uh, Till June, yeah. And in May, the government said overnight camps could not open. So we transitioned overnight camp to online we thought we'd have about 350, so, you know, registrations, and we had over 400. But, so. I mean, a lot of, I mean, I know a dentist uh, that lives around here, he shut it, shut his business down immediately. Yeah. His, he, so he could lay off his staff so they could apply for unemployment. It's like, didn't, didn't you, did you have to lay off staff or? Well, I, I think that's, that's uh something to be really proud of is that our core, our full-time staff did not have any layoffs or reduction in work, but they ran, they ran everything. And then our part-time staff, we did lay them off um, and they were able to get the government support, which was great. Uh, We didn't know, we didn't know what that was going to look like at the beginning. Uh, So those same people who ran the office, most of them were at the camp, um, cutting the grass, making videos, uh, running cabin groups with kids, uh, as as everything else was shut down. Yeah, I mean, did you ever consider shutting the whole thing down? Or I mean, it would have been devastating, of course. But you know that 
we, the board, what happened, this is the board community behind us, they started meeting every week. And so we, it was obviously on Zoom, but we met every week to just touch base because it changed as it still does all mm -hmm. the time. And it's really tough to lead in that time. People are looking at you for, to you for answers that you just cannot produce. Yeah. Uh, and yet you've got to have an opinion and you, you've got to know, you know, what you're doing about this. So it was really tough. And uh, so the board met every week to look at direction and, and what we should do and just kind of forecast things for the organization because we want to protect our kids and we want to protect what we have in terms of a, an, an organization that meets kids' needs. So I'd have to say it never came up to shut the place down. Never. Yeah, I mean, it kind of crossed my mind that your your very existence might have been at risk right, for sure. Um, yeah. Because part of it is you exist on with donations. Like you're, you're yeah. you, you you count on donations. I mean, they must. I mean, I, I I'm assuming they're down. I mean, some of the people that would donate to you probably lost their jobs too. Definitely. So the whole kind of and there was a lot of fear. For all of us, because we yes. didn't know what was coming next. So, you know, I, I don't have those stats in front of us, but me, but I know that um, at one point, you know, we were sort of 40% down and that kind of thing and thinking, but we were adjusting as well our expenses. And, um, and then in the end, there was a bit of a, you know, we got some government funding to improve our technology, which is something would be at the bottom of the line for a budget item when we need to, you know, it's it's more about the kids' programs and here this tech, this uh, improvement really helped us because we've had to be online all this time. So that was, you know, and, and there's, there's some other wins that have come out of this for us. It's still really tough for families who, you know, we, the parents are those frontline workers and have to go to work and their kids have nowhere to go yeah. uh, during the day and that that kind of thing is still going on but for the older kids there's a few wins that have come out of this well and a us. year and a half later i mean there's some zoom fatigue too i i oh. suspect now yeah. i mean then there was a second summer so a se yeah. which so i mean again just back to this donor idea um because i worry about your 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 cash flow i guess uh i mean if coke isn't on the shelf for a couple of years, you you might reach for a Pepsi or something. Yes. They, might, they might forget about you. Yeah. You know, I, I, I know someone that was thinking, why should I give you guys money if you're not actually doing the camp anymore, yeah. even though you're trying your hardest yeah. doing the virtual stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's not quite the same. Oh, and it's it, definitely not. And yeah. it's not ideal. No. But there's need there, and we met those needs. And we have this amazing property, as you know, that – that is the most beautiful property on Coagama Lake. And you have to maintain that. So there are fixed costs. Fixed costs. Well, yes. You I, know, you have to insure it. You have to cut the grass or you're going to lose it. You're, it's going to turn into a hay field and the sports field and things yeah. like that. So we, we did have to do that. This year, we, we were going through 2021 with two plans. You know, all, we had about six at the beginning and then just weeded it down to what, what was viable here. And so we had like even a hybrid of at camp with reduced numbers and online. And then as we talked it through and the board uh, really made a decision based on safety that we right. are working with kids from the high risk neighborhoods with the highest infection rates. 
And, and the vaccination rates are a little lower in the, in the community they you're were, serving. They, they were. They were. Better and, now. You know, and we, we had some of our families say, we'll do anything to get our kids to camp, but we won't get vaccinated. Um, cause that, and, and that, you know, over the summer vaccinations ramped up a lot more, but yeah. they were just sort of starting. But at May, June, I was kind of, I was kind of following yeah. it at the time too. And yeah. then some other camps. Definitely did. Kind open. of rolled, in my opinion, rolled the dice and opened. Yep. And I thought of you guys, I was waiting and waiting and waiting and you decided to close. So you played, you played it safe. We did. Yeah. Just for your own. Uh, and, and I would, I would say based on safety for the kids. And honestly, based on wisdom, I think that was the wisest decision that we could make for the children we serve. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things, the kid, the camps that opened, nobody provided transportation. That was off the table for everybody. We always have to take our kids. We always have to provide busing because... They're more or less on an island. That, and, and if there was an emergency, getting them off the island is tricky. And lots of our families don't have vehicles. They live in to the city. Drive to get them up mid-camping. Yeah, yeah. And they can't afford them. Yeah. So so we looked at you know a, a bus that you can imagine the cost when you take a 55-passenger coach and put like 16 kids in it. Oh, now how many buses a, do you Because there's a, uh, social yes. distancing on the buses and, and things. Well, to keep that intact. Yeah. And then there was, you know, you look at... The protocols that were in place, they really do diminish what you could do at camp. And, you know, saying that children won't mix, children don't function like that. Yeah. And so, and we just felt it would be really detrimental if we had cases there. And and I know if we had to phone a family and say, we've got a child with symptoms, they would be saying, get my child out of there. People are afraid. Our families are afraid. That's why they didn't go back to school. When the schools opened in September twenty. 20, oh my goodness, where are we now? Um, 20, one, we just had 21. So even this year, we canvassed our families, and a lot of them were going to keep their children home. Right. But the previous September, schools did open, and a lot of our families said, we don't have enough information, and we're afraid. So they kept their kids at home. So some of the kids we're working with, they have been literally at home since last March, and they're living yes. in the apartments. They don't have a really nice big backyard to play in, and they also have extended family living in the apartment with them. That's who you hear about on the news all the time. Right. That's who we're serving. Yeah. And so one of the things we did, and we had to justify this to the board, but we, we filmed our our camps, our virtual camps at the camp. And there's a little bit of cost involved in that. The first year we used all our core team. This year we hired extra staff to do that. Uh-huh. But one of the things that, you know, one of the pieces of information that, that we took in was, during this time when children have lost so much, keep the familiar familiar. To your point earlier that they can forget about camp or what they used to do in the summer and, and replace it with other things. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. 2019 was your last full-time yeah. year up there. And so we we kept the familiar familiar. And both years, oddly enough, we've had new people join us. So that's very We've never interesting. been to the camp. So. Yeah. This year, we did it differently. It was our second go-around and hopefully our last because nobody right. wants to do this again. But we brought in, we did more cabin groups, so more live with right. kids because that's what they loved. And we also had a few other opportunities that they could do. Like on a Friday, it was we, we saw that through analytics, the numbers dropped off on Friday. People were doing other things for the weekend. 
So we'd made it a choose your own adventure day and we had like a Toronto dance company do dance lessons. They could sign up for that and different things, different opportunities we brought to the kids. So, So, I mean, I have two university age kids and uh, my prediction was when they went back, kids would go crazy. Like they would go, it would be wild. And it's kind of come to, like it's kind of happened. Like there's a lot of incidents in the news and everything. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of, uh, I mean, there's a lot of mental health issues. People have just been, so a lot of first year university students have been, they might be 17. The last time they were in in a real school, they would, would have been 15. They've missed a couple mm-hmm. of years of just maturing, I guess, too. And uh, so I, I mean, so the, those kids that you're serving, they really need you just from a mental health point of view, just yeah. to have some sort of intera- a normal interaction. It's, it's tough. And so there's important work to be done out there. Well, and you think if you're working with an eight-year-old, city programs, you could be six. At camp, you would be eight. And this goes on for two years of your life. It's this like arrested development. A quarter really. of your life, you yes. have lived like this with yeah. masks and all this craziness. And then getting back to, into the and, and socializing mm-hmm. with kids in in the schoolyard again is awkward. At, at odd and awkward, exactly. We even saw that this year. We brought everybody up who was helping us. Like we can't, we couldn't run all our cabin groups from the camp. We don't have enough internet, so we brought everybody there for training and and to be part of it. And then some went home and they ran cabin groups from their home virtually and some others did it at the camp. But I, we really saw that awkwardness, that difficulty, just the social deficits that people had from not being together. And the, and it was, you know, for, for a year and a bit, I've just kind of done whatever I wanted at home. And now even just coming together, you know, um, they created a bit of a bubble there, and they they didn't leave for a month to get all this work done. And, You're talking and about it was, the staff, and I'm talking about the staff. Right. That was we're typically in their twenties, right? Yeah, eighteen, eighteen right. to twenty. We had okay. a couple of people on placement from college, and okay, um, it was tough. And what what they described it as, and I believe kids are going through this too. It's grieving uh, from normalcy and children like. Well, there's some anger too. There, I think. there is. It's those those stages of grief that you yeah. learn about. We did see a lot of that, so we saw a lot of this mental health issues coming out just in the staff that we had in the summer. Now magnify that for the kids when they come back. You it's know, really I hard. thought about that too because I I kind of clicked on your site sometimes and and some of the videos and uh, so I figured there's about ten. You had more people this year than last year. We did. Year. We had about. 18 10. at the most. But even 10, you had 18 at most? Okay. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've been there for the whole summer. If you were, if there was only 10 of you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would, I could see going a little crazy because you, did you have some first time staff there as yeah. well who, they would have gone up and not known, known yeah. anyone. Yeah. So you, you have to learn, you have to meet some new people and you've got sort of eight peers to choose from. Uh, and so it would have been tough. Yeah, and you work with them, and then at the end of the day, when you're trying to relax, that's who that's you who have. That's who you're as gonna. Well. <laughs> well, like, but ugh, funny enough, it's hard. Even our returning staff, they struggled because they knew what they were missing. Yeah. The other the people who are new were just getting into this virtual camp. This is what they were doing, and to be honest, they were in a college placement, so they were really trying hard, and they did a great job. They didn't have the visual to know what. But it what usually sounds like. And yes, the and the momentum and the, and the magic and... that you're producing because it's all very distanced. 
when we talked about this, you said sort of like the last couple of couple of years, eighteen months, and and for me, it's it's really been hard. I was sick in two thousand and nineteen for most of the year. Went into twenty twenty, lost my husband, and then COVID hit, kind of simultaneously. And um, you had a bad year. A couple of them. A couple yeah. of bad years, and, and then you had camp. to handle all of this. Yeah, at the same time. and. You know, I think I had to make decisions along the way um, to cope, which sounds very simple, but it, it is a, a decision that you have to say, I'm, I'm going to press on. And um, and I had to persevere. And I think my resiliency has really grown through that. Um, when you reflect and you look back and you think, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, I've, I've made it through. I'm making it through. It's maybe how I should say that. And that's why I said, like, when you look at the stages of grieving, that's what I see these kids are going to go through as well. Like you said, the anger, the denial, you know, then the acceptance, and then how do we how do we move forward? And we want to be an organization that helps kids develop their resiliency to what they're going through and what they're grieving about. This is history making for these kids. When I talked to the staff at the beginning of the summer, I said to them, you know, we would say, Grandpa, I would have said, Grandpa, what was it like in the war? I said, put yourself 50 years forward and your grandkids are going, what was it like in the pandemic? Because this is going to be part of our history. And we keep hearing, it's not going away anytime soon. Mm -hmm. So how we coped and how we got through, how we responded, uh, how we kept ourselves going through this time. And, you know, we hear all kinds of reports. You brought it up, the mental health, you know, the cost of men to mental health that this has been is really heavy. People are relying on other sources and, and things to to help them through, be it even negative things like alcohol or that type of, type of thing, other addictive things. Everyone needs something to rely on. We want to be able to give kids re hope and help them. Uh, and build them up and help them get stronger, basically more resilient to face and get through this. So what I'm getting uh, as a theme here is like giving up was never was never an option for you or 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 Moreland's kids. Is that right. fair to say? Yeah, as you asked me before, and and I never really thought of it, but like that about that. But the board never said should we close the doors. Could that have been in people's minds? Yeah, just like when you go through something tough, you say like, am I going to make it? But it was, it was just navigating through and and seeing how we are going to do that. And and if you, you know, when it, it is one day at a time on that type of thing. Even a young person who is struggling with depression because they've been at home for a year and a half and they're anxious. How am I going to get through this? If it can be a positive connection with somebody from Moreland's, that's great. We want to be part of their story of how they made it. That's what we want to give. What's the current plan for, for 2022? Well, that plan has just been drawn up pretty much, and it is to, we've got to have kids there, basically. Right. And and to get, we're trying to get back to normal camp. Uh, we know, well, we don't know what the protocols will be. So we've based our budget and our uh and our plan on what we know now, which would be keep the kids together in a cohort. You know, they can't mix with other cohorts, so you adjust the games. 
you adjust the schedule. Uh, we're planning on all of that. But again, we don't know where this will take us. And, you know, even today, I, I was just at home. It's our budget time right now. So I was in a meeting with that and it popped up on my phone, you know, 425 cases in Ontario. And I was just like, that's down. That's down. That's good. Because we're hoping to get back in the schools. We still cannot go into the schools. We're hoping to get back into schools for after school programs in January. That's up to the school board. Um, right. And then our next hope is camp that we can do that and sort of you know, we've, we've already booked the buses and we, we've already, you know, we're doing all that's in motion. And um, we just have to take it not one day at a time, but as this changes, we have to be fluid and move with it. We really have to be able to, our, you know, I think a, a big focus for kids is to be resilient uh, through through all their experiences, is, is to help them to be resilient, to adapt, to be flexible. As an organization, that's what we've got to do as well is to be able to bounce back from what's being said to us. So it is with every intention to have children back at camp next year. And we're just hoping beyond hope that that's what we can do. So if you if people want to donate to Mordon's Kids or connect with you in some way, because you have a lot of different programs, like mm -hmm. the Christmas Wish program, and yeah. you can donate food, uh, et cetera. How do, we, how do we get in touch with, how do we find you? I can proudly say we've got an amazing website <laughs> and um, all the information is there you can go about there's programs there's donate now and, and you're right Christmas sharing is coming up we're hoping our goal there is 150 families and about 200 baby bundles which will help us through next year to to work with moms who are marginalized so there's you know if you're into babies you can help by buying really practical things like there's a list on online of, of what a baby bundle consists of you know everything from you know um a baby blanket to to diaper cream you know and then christmas sharing you can adopt a family you can help a child you can help a teen there's lots of different ways and we are hoping to have volunteers in-person volunteers for christmas sharing again depending on what the public health is directing us to do at that time but uh that helps us get back to normal too because we normally you know we involve a lot of volunteers in our work and we always welcome more so well uh well thank you thank you linda for you're stopping very welcome by. you've made it very easy appreciate it <laughs>